I don't know if I got your notes. No, I was just thinking that. I don't think I sent it to you. Wow, way editing. to go. I was editing it as recently. I mean, I don't, do like, an, I don't do shit as is, but, like, I could be <laughs> at least helpful and, like, look at notes. I usually wait till I'm done with it to send it to you, but at this time I was editing this as recently as, like, 30 minutes ago. Oh, nice. I was sleeping almost 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Two best um friends. Oh, wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs, or the Colt, or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force. As a clip came very suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It is your favorite football podcast around with the dynamic duo, Mike and Matt. The favorite football podcast, especially if you live in Morocco, according to the analytics. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, we got this weird update on analytics. We are the third rated football podcast in Morocco. <laughs> Delicious food, great people. Don't know how that happened, but we'll take any good metric we can get. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mike, uh, are you surviving this heat wave that is currently, I don't know, sweltering across the planet, it seems? Yeah, well, barely. I had to be outside for like 30 seconds getting in and out of the car earlier, and I almost perished, but... I mean, <laughs> I made it. How about I'd you? I have to be inside of a truck trailer unloading it later. That sounds um, not ideal. Make sure you stay hydrated. You're not my dad. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get going here because I know we say this most weeks, but this is an absolutely packed show today. Due to the scheduling error I made that I mentioned last time, we have we have three divisions to get through today. Oh, and then two, two more over the week, two more over the weekend just to get us back on track for our, our schedule. Um, otherwise, we'll still be doing these previews halfway through the season. So on today's show, we're going to finish up the AFC with the West and then venture over into the National Football Conference with the NFC South and the NFC East. Oh, boy. Uh, before that, there's. I know we don't really have time for news, but there's one thing that's absolutely crucial that we discuss. And there's only one <laughs> thing that matters because we talked about it last week. This is it. I mean, we've talked about it every week in the preseason for the last several years. But the Baltimore Ravens, after 24 straight preseason wins spanning, what, like seven, eight years, <laughs> they finally lost a preseason game on Monday night at the hands of Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. I saw this incredible stat from the score where I was reading the, this recap, but the, the, yeah, the commander's starting QB, Howell, I just mentioned, he was in middle school last time the Ravens lost a preseason game. <laughs> God, time flies. Yeah, and we were all much younger and happier people. But uh, that aside, his, <laughs> his, good, his good performance in the game, he was the starter. He's their week one starter, so they're giving him preseason reps, too. He uh, threw a couple of touchdown passes in the first half, and... Uh, then Joey Sly kicked a game-winning field goal 
He should have just shanked it on purpose. Why? We need to all work together to keep streaks like this going. But <laughs> unfortunately, he made the kick, got the 29-28 victory, and uh, the most interesting but at the same time meaningless <laughs> win streak is finally over. And all now right. they're going to win the Super Bowl probably. <laughs> yeah. With that out of the way, Matt, is the timer ready? I'm going to do one on my end too, but oh. let's put – Put 16 I, minutes. I believe in you. You're the one that does most of the talking, so. <laughs> All right. I'll do the clock. I interject I my amazing remarks every so often. Okay, then I'll, I'll take on the clock duties, too. Just just don't don't give them to Nathaniel Hackett, because if there's one guy we know can't manage the clock. Ah! <laughs> that was well, well played. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. You know what they say about blind squirrels? Nutting or whatever, and nuts. Um, okay, <laughs> 16 minutes. AFC West, starting with the Chiefs, who are 14 and three, won the division. Uh, they had only three losses in the entire season to the Bills, the Bengals, which you kind of get; those are good teams. And however, inexplicably, still they lost to the Colts as well. We'll never figure out that game, but that's fine. That's one for the for the scholars to dissect years from now. Uh, in the playoffs, of course, they were the number one seed in the AFC as well. <clears throat> Took care of the upstart Jaguars in the divisional round. They beat Cincinnati in the championship game, the AFC championship. It was the first time, actually, that Patrick Mahomes has beaten the Joe Burrow-led Bengals. And then squared off against the Philadelphia Eagles in a truly epic Super Bowl game. And they come out victorious with the very tense, high-scoring, drama-filled Super Bowl and uh, the Chiefs got the win thanks to that late um, pass interference call that will be <laughs> that'll haunt Eagles fans' dreams for for years to come. But um, Chiefs did get the win, and they've now won two of the last four Super Bowls. So fast. I mean, can we can we start calling them the beginning of a dynasty yet, or no? Definitely, definitely, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. There's one person to rival Tom Brady. I feel like it's going to be the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is still, you know, in terms of his career arc as a whole, he's still towards the beginning, I would say. I mean, he's, what, like 27 now? This is the kind of thing I should look up. Um, Let's see if uh, Wikipedia can help me quickly. He's 28, I think. I don't know. Quick math. It told me his birthday. I'm like, that doesn't help. Just tell me how old he is. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, but he and Reed are... He and Andy Reid, the head coach, I feel like it's it's centered around them, too. Uh, much like a Brady-Belichick type of partnership. And I do think you're right that we're, we're only at the beginning of what those guys are going to do together. Uh, fast forward to this offseason, they do have some significant losses, I would say. Top of the list, longtime offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, who has been uh, rumored or on interviews to become a head coach elsewhere for many years in a row, finally leaves uh, for the same role, same job, offensive coordinator, but now with the Washington Commanders. So he's taking on a new challenge. Chiefs have to fill that role. Um, Orlando Brown, offensive tackle, also departed in free agency, as well as Juju Smith-Schuster and Frank Clark, the defensive end. Uh, They brought in Jawan Taylor at another tackle to replace Orlando Brown. And then with the 31st overall pick in the draft, they took Felix Anudike Uzoma, defensive end. 
And you'll notice that these are way pared down from uh, what the notes have been up till this point. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It was it was difficult, but I know. Let's go right into how we feel about this team for 2023. I mean, we talked about him losing a receiver. Obviously, Smith Schuster is nowhere near the caliber of receiver. As long as Kelsey can stay healthy, this team's yep. unstoppable. Right. It doesn't matter who's at receiver, really, for this team, as long as they have Kelsey. So my biggest question in terms of what we're going to see from them this year is about what the loss of the enemy means. You know, we don't it's been unclear, at least to me, how much was him, how much was Reed, who's an offensive minded guy, and then how much is Mahomes himself. So they lose a piece of that puzzle and we'll see what it looks like. Ready to move on? We're right on schedule. Well, look at that. We can <laughs> the, Charger, time. the Chargers, everyone's favorite playoff sleeper for each of the last few years. They finally did make the playoffs. Uh, they were 10-7 and seven last year. Not that impressive, but they were dealing with a lot of injuries throughout the season. Uh, they were missing both of their starting wide receivers for stretches. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams both missed several games. Also, J.C. Jackson, their expensive cornerback acquisition last offseason, missed almost the entire year. Um, like I said, they did still make the playoffs, and it looked like they had their wildcard game in the bag for interceptions of the opposing QB, Trevor Lawrence, in the first half alone. Built a huge halftime lead. I think it was like 27-7. to 7. Again, should have written it down. But they completely blew it. In, they completely blew it in the second half. The Jaguars came back and won the game on a last-second field goal. They, um, so they made the playoffs, but completely uh, pooped the bed when they got there. Yeah, that's a that's a very good way of putting it. They they pull the the Chargers classic. <laughs> I think that's the best. I think that's what it's got to be called. <clears throat> The ghost of Philip Rivers got in there, and yeah, uh, not, I mean he's alive, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they didn't have any notable losses this off season. They, I put it in additions. They have a new offensive coordinator uh, because I think it might be good for them. Kellen Moore comes over from Dallas, where he's been the the OC there the last several years. Um, as exciting as this team as a whole is, especially on offense, it seems like they've really underperformed that with. Justin Herbert is, you know, a superstar quarterback, got a solid receiving core. Austin Eckler, amazing. But they just haven't quite lived up to that talent, it seems. They're struggling with their receiving. I mean, when Eckler was, what, the top-ranked receiver? Yep. He had the most receptions. He led the team. It tells you that there's big flaws. When you have big names like Keenan Allen on the team, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they've... Uh, kept Eckler around, at least for now. He's one of the many running backs unhappy with their current contract situation. But um, he's there. He's not holding out or anything. And they reloaded the uh, the receiving core by taking Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU in the first round, 21st overall. Um, also brought in Eric Kendricks at linebacker. That was their only notable free agent move. So they've got some fresh optimism on offense, I would say, with Kellen Moore now running things and strengthening the wide receiver position. And, uh, you know, every the, the one thing every team gets at the start of the season, you know, assuming no offseason injuries, is a, a clean bill of health. And right now their defense is healthy as of this moment as we speak, and they still have a lot of really great players on that group, like Joey Bosa, the pass rusher, Derwin James at safety. They hope um, 
They hope J.C. Jackson lives up to the contract they handed out to him uh, last offseason at corner. So there is plenty of optimism, I think, for the Chargers. One question in regarding to this season, though. Mm -hmm. If the Chargers blow it again, whether they don't make it to the postseason or they're knocked out in a wild card round, is Brandon Staley in the hot seat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good, good point. I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, I think he definitely is. And I remember us discussing this when they flamed out of the playoffs. Uh, he makes a lot of crazy decisions in game. And sometimes, a lot of times they work, and he looks like a genius. It's one of those things, though, that when they don't, when you go for a fourth down on your own 18-yard line and don't get it, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that can come back to bite you. And uh, this is it's almost like one of those things we joke about where a head coach is on the hot seat, so they sacrifice a coordinator. It kind of feels like that's what happened here. So he's got Kellen Moore now. In theory, no more excuses on the offense. Um, I think that's a good call by you. If they're not out to a strong start, he could totally be on the hot seat. Moving on, the Raiders, 6-11 and 11 last year, third place in the division. Even the star power of Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs couldn't overcome what was one of the worst defenses in the entire league last year. Head coach Josh McDaniel, Josh McDaniels is another guy who might already feel his seat getting a little warm over there. They cut Derek Carr this offseason. The, the veteran quarterback has been a Raider his whole career up till now. Uh, they, first, they were trying to trade him. No one was interested, so they just released him. And they also shipped out Darren Waller. Uh, Pretty talented uh, pass-catching tight end, but albeit one that's been injured most of the last couple of seasons. They trade him to the Giants. Uh, so some pretty big losses that have been, you could argue, the identity of, of the offense the last several years. Um, they also bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the new quarterback. Uh, Jacoby Myers, another former Patriot at wide receiver. They signed Marcus Epps, safety from the Eagles, Robert Spillane, linebacker, Austin Hooper, tight end, pretty busy team this offseason. And then in the draft, they used the seventh overall pick on Tyree Wilson, defensive end out of Texas Tech. And with the uh, 35th pick overall in the second round, they took Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. It's like they were trying to address the defensive problem as well as replace potentially replace Darren Waller. But right. we'll have to see how that pans out. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's interesting the desire to move on from Carr. I don't quite understand that because Garoppolo they signed to a three-year deal, I think seventy-ish million, most pretty much a lateral move. I don't think you can call that an upgrade by any means. And uh, the the wide receiving group takes a bit of a hit uh, without Waller, but yeah, like you said, they they drafted a tight end high. They signed Austin Hooper, who has at least at one point in his career <laughs> been a good pass catching tight end. Um. The good news is it looks like Josh Jacobs, who is not at training camp right now, that's uh, the reports are he's still coming. He's planning to report by week one and won't miss regular season time. And uh, so this offense is likely going to run through him again, just like it did last year. I think all the success they had last year was when they just fed Josh Jacobs. I agree. And like you also said, they made plenty of moves to try to address what was this just awful defense. Uh, we know a couple of guys that there, Max Crosby is the one notable like stud that they have on that side of the ball currently. The only so, bright spot on their entire defense. Pretty draft. much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but they, with the drafting of Tyree Wilson, they're hoping to have a, a complimentary player for him. Um, two guys who can 
give uh, give opposing offenses headaches. I will say I'm not very hopeful though <laughs> about this team in general. It's just going to be weird. I feel like the identity is going to shift a little bit because Garoppolo's got to figure it out. I really don't think it's an upgrade over Derek Carr. I don't know if it was a money game or what it was, but it feels like you said a lateral move. Josh Jacobs is the heart of the team, and it's going to run through him, but this defense has to help them. They were no help last year. Yeah. You know who else wasn't any help last year? (laughs) Who's that? Russell Wilson. Ooh, good segue. And, yeah, he helped nobody at all. (laughs) He he led the Broncos to a 5-12 record. His, His time there got off to a disastrous start. It took almost three quarters of the season for him to throw as many touchdowns as he has bathrooms in his home, which I believe was 12. Is that right? Something like that. Eight, 12. And uh, yeah, Russ looked terrible. He looked physically washed, looked like he didn't know what to do with the ball. Um, looked like he couldn't run anymore, could barely move. Uh, but to be fair to him, the he whole could stretch team... in an airplane. <laughs> yeah, he can do that for four hours, six hours, whatever it is. Um. But to be fair to him, the whole team was a dumpster fire under first-time head coach Nathaniel Hackett. They were just so undisciplined as a group. Uh, I'm pretty sure they led the league in pre-snap procedural penalties, all those weird time management issues. Like uh, we were joking about, you know, you have a problem when your home fans are are chanting the play clock, counting it down for you, <laughs> so that you don't have another um, delay. Game. Yeah. And so Hackett's gone. His tenure lasts just one year. Uh, no second they, chance. Not as a head coach. He's back. He's back with Rogers. So <laughs> the guy who made him look good his whole his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, replacing him will be Sean Payton, the new head coach. Woo! They brought out of the broadcasting booth after a year there. Um, who wasted no time before trashing the previous coaching staff in an interview, making some new enemies along the way, but also providing us that delicious uh, rivalry content that we crave. (laughs) That we didn't know had to exist until now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They, uh, so he's going to shake things up completely overhaul the offensive system, which can only be a good thing from what we saw (laughs) last year. They also brought in Mike McGlinchey, big money, right tackle. Uh, ben Powers, offensive guard, Samaj P. Ryan at running back, and Frank Clark at defensive end. The only notable loss, really, is Brandon McManus. And it's weird to, to spend too much time talking about a specific kicker, but McManus was incredible for this team for years. It's it's weird to Kickers me. Kickers are underrated okay. until you don't have a decent one. Mm-hmm. And maybe everyone... Looks good kicking the ball at, you know, at the Mile High Stadium. But I think wherever they were, this guy was uh, really solid. Huge leg, too. I remember we don't have we don't play with kickers in fantasy anymore. When we did, this was always a guy that I would target because he's one who can bang through those 50 yarders for you. Anyway, uh, in terms of this whole team, there's enough kicker talk. Still a lot of talent on this offense. Javante Williams, uh, who was on his way to becoming an upper-tier running back in the league. It seems like he's way ahead of schedule in his ACL recovery. He's already, you know, practicing in full. I don't know if he's played in preseason, but he seems like he's pretty much ready to go, uh, which is great news. Also, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton at receiver have both shown flashes of being really good players. We'll see if if they're able to put that together in a season with um, 
you know, in Peyton's system and year two with Russ. And uh, like we just mentioned, some big reinforcements along the offensive line. So all of that could be really good news for for this offense. And we already know about the defensive talent and personnel. That was the one uh, bright spot for this team last year. So it, to me, it all pretty much comes down to Russ. Is he washed? Is he done? Or can Sean Payton revitalize his career after one just brutal showing in 2022? I mean... I'm hoping for better because I cannot believe that he went from what he did in Seattle and it just all came crashing down. I also think the Broncos were kind of stupid to offer as massive of a contract and make an extension before the season started. (laughs) Only to have that be the first season. So I feel like it all comes down to this. Russ has to perform or, you know, one, the Broncos are going to look even more stupid because they're going to have to (laughs) eat the rest of the contract to get rid of them. Yeah. But what else can you do, like, in the front office? Like, if it's two seasons in a row, one with a first-time head coach, all right, let's pretend that didn't happen. But under a proven head coach, you can't do this? I don't know. <laughs> like, what does uh, Russ do then? Like, it's not like he's going to go back to Seattle. No, they they turned out they upgraded to Geno Smith. Um, with that, we'll take a quick break. Be back with the NFC Sound. And we are back to a football podcast here with you, Mike and Matt. And we're moving on to our next division, the NFC South. We're finally over our our home conference, the the NFC, starting with the South. And Matt, I want you to put the grassy side. Yeah, right. (laughs) Way less discussion needs to happen with these teams. (laughs) 16 minutes on the clock. Go. Okay. The Buccaneers won this division last year, despite an eight and nine record. Not probably how Tom Brady was hoping to finish his, you know, what's been just an unbelievable, obviously first ballot hall of fame bound career, but it was, it was a tough situation running it back one more time. The offensive line was poor. They suffered some big injuries, big losses before the season even started. Their running game was dead last in the league. Brady seemed like Never been a mobile guy, but, you know, at age 44, 45, less so than ever. And he was always under constant pressure in the pocket. Uh, Overall, the team was super inconsistent. And I think there were three and two going into week five and never had a winning record again after that. Uh, However, yeah, they made the playoffs since they won the division. Probably got just stomped on by Dallas 31-14 in the wild card as Tom Brady finally rides off into the sunset. So big season of change for this team. Uh, they obviously lost Brady this offseason, who has retired. By the way, Brady has more re- more uh, retirements than Aaron Rodgers has Super Bowls. I just want to—that's a fun fact floating around the internet. Oh, that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also lost. Uh, that's that one's gonna weigh on my soul for a while. <laughs> The worst part is if he gets any more, it won't be as a Packer, obviously. (laughs) Uh, So Sean Bunting, starting corner, left in free agency, as well as their left tackle, Donovan Smith. In terms of addition, the only uh, real notable one is Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, former Brown, Panther, and Ram. And he has been named the week one starter over Kyle Trask, who he was battling it out with uh, this summer. And then in the draft with the 19th overall pick, 
they took Kalia Kansi, defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. So <laughs> they still have a good pair of wide receivers. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, very good. This offensive line, though, isn't what it used to be, like in the like the first couple years, or at least the first year where Brady was in Tampa. Um, yeah, defense was still among the better ones in the league last year, and uh, not not a ton has changed on that side. I think it's going to come down to uh, can Baker Mayfield play better than Tom Brady? That's the question. <laughs> That's a very weird, but I think given last year, you know, just a very weird year to end on. But ultimately, what happens if Mayfield doesn't work out? Yeah, do you think this is his last chance as a starter? I think it's possible. I mean, he dazzled, what was it, uh, L.A.? Yeah, at least that first game, yeah. For that game that he was there less than, what, 48 hours? Yep. (laughs) And he led the game-winning drive to bring them back for a victory, like... The guy's got some talent. He just has to, like, focus. And this is his chance to do it. He's got a good team around him. You know, Mm -hmm. it's better than what he had a chunk of the time in Cleveland. Yeah. So, you know, when you have better pieces around you, it's on you. Yeah, totally agree. At this point, I mean, he might have a better deep ball than Brady at this point in his career. And that's what Mike Evans loves to do is just run a deep and out muscle defenders, big touchdown guys. So you can see that pairing working out. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I am intrigued. <laughs> Let's move on to the Panthers, who are 7-10. and 10. Actually, it's funny. The rest of the teams were all 7-10 and 10 in this division. Only one game separated them all. I remember this going down to the wire uh, last year to, for who would win it and make the playoffs. Um, obviously, ended up being Tampa Bay, but the rest of the teams were only one game back. Uh, I would say the Panthers' record of 7-10, and 10, though, is actually pretty impressive, considering four different quarterbacks started games for them, and none of them are on the none roster. None of them are on the roster anymore. <laughs> Baker started the first seven games and was traded to the Rams, as we talk- talked about. Then it was Sam Darnold, played six games, and he was, I think, just released. Or his contract ended. He's now in San Francisco. P.J. Walker played six games for them, and who is with the Bears now. And then Jacob Eason appeared in one game and is now a free agent. They also traded their superstar running back, Christian McCaffrey, at the deadline. Um, oh, yeah, and fired, fired Matt, coach. and fired Matt Rule. It was a crazy season for the Panthers. So it's really this about was all as, by like week eight. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> this is about as fresh of a start as you can get. Um their new head coach, Frank Reich, formerly of the Colts, where things went sour. Um, new quarterback, Bryce Young, the first overall pick in the draft uh, after the Panthers traded away. Pretty big haul of picks. And there's their number one receiver, DJ Moore, to the Bears to get the number one pick and take Bryce Young. They also brought in a lot of notable free agents, Adam Thielen, Wide receiver, uh, Miles Sanders at running back, Von Bell at safety, Andy Dalton's the new backup quarterback, uh, and then DJ Chark as well to bolster that wide receiver room where there's a DJ Moore-shaped hole. So it's, I mean, it's a rebuild. Could be tough going at first with with just so many new faces. But the team looks just, from a roster (laughs) standpoint, much better. 
Yeah. I, I have more confidence in Frank Wright. You've got a young quarterback. They added some experience and positions that matter as in a backup wide receiver running back. Uh, they added a decent WR2 and DJ Shark. Um, Thielen, I think, is the clear number one. So it, it's there's potential here, more than they had last year. Yeah, and I forgot to mention it. They they drafted a receiver too. Um, so they've you know they've taken the steps to to reinforce the position, and it's it is it is kind of exciting. Anything's possible in this division where nobody had a winning record a year ago. Next up were the Saints at seven and ten. Another team that kind of had quarterback issues uh, last season. Jameis Winston was the week one starter, but uh, he broke his back just from carrying the team on it. Say carrying the weight of all those interceptions. <laughs> he actually wasn't that great, but uh, he was uh, hurt. You are I, obsessed with him, and we'll never figure out why. I was excited. It was supposed to be the Jameis Winston Renaissance, at least in my book, it was supposed to be. Anyway, though, he was benched for Andy Dalton the rest of the way after getting hurt. Uh, the Saints' defense was was good, uh, but the offense was in the bottom half of the league in terms of both yards and points per game. And even the mighty Taysom Hill, who was the team's leading rusher in three different games, couldn't save them. Uh, one bright spot, you have to say, was rookie wide receiver Chris Olave, who looks uh, like a real dominant number one type of guy. Well, and with Michael Thomas constantly, like, questionable, it seems mm-hmm. like week to week even, like, Olave had big shoes to fill, and I think he stepped up to it. Yeah, absolutely he did. Even with Thomas uh, now healthy at this point, I think the you know the baton has been passed. Olave <laughs> is the number one now, I think. But it'll be. I mean, it's a good thing for the team though if both of them can uh, play at the same time. Some losses in the offseason: Marcus Davenport, starting defensive end, left in free agency. Andy Dalton, like we just mentioned, just uh, went to the Panthers. And then Alvin Kamara, they're. Uh, their starting running back has been suspended for the first three games of the season. In terms of guys they brought in, Derek Carr is the big one. The, their new starting quarterback who signed a four-year, $150 million contract. They also brought in his buddy, Foster Moreau, tight end, who was an, also an ex-Raider. Uh, Jamal Williams from Detroit, the running back. And then in the draft, with the 29th overall pick, they took Brian Breeze, defensive tackle, no relation to Drew, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Wow. Uh, a guy I'm going to call Isaiah Foxy, even though it's Foskey. I'm going to call it Foxy, though, because that's fun. Edge rusher from Notre Dame. And then also Kendra Miller in the third round, who a running back who a lot of people are excited about uh, for fantasy anyway. <laughs> So their outlook for the 2023 season, the defense should be fine as usual. It's been good. Even last year it was good. And that's kind of, that's where Dennis Allen came from, right? He was the DC. And uh, when Sean Payton left, he just was promoted to head coach. And they still got great players like Marshawn Lattimore at corner alongside Bradley Roby. Uh, defense safe, decent safeties too. Uh, still got Cameron Jordan up front. Or is it Jordan Cameron? You can never remember on the line and the offense uh, I think should at least stabilize and be better under Carr. He's a clear upgrade over Dalton and Winston. 
at running back, you'll have, yeah, the kind of platoon of Jamal Williams and then the rookie they drafted, Miller, until Kamara comes weird back. Is for fantasy in terms of running backs in, in, in New Orleans here is everyone's kind of concerned about Kamara, and I'm not sure what the what the rumors are about it, but when you bring in Williams and then you draft an exciting rookie, it kind of starts to question kind of what they're thinking. And then you add people like Taysom Hill, who clearly can run the football well. So you have this weird, I don't want to say change going on, but it definitely raises, you know, raised my eyebrow to kind of say, why are they bringing in these, like these running backs if Kamara is supposed to be the lead? Yeah, it's interesting. Could be a sign of things to come. And I mean, Kamara wasn't good last year, but neither was anybody on this offense. There was nobody had any room to, to do anything. But uh, I mean, I'll say this: he looked good in the preseason. <laughs> I saw the for some reason I was I saw the Saints playing a preseason game, and uh, you know, Kamara's not suspended for that, so he was playing with the first team offense, and he just physically, just the way he was running the ball, making cuts and stuff, he looked fine to me. We'll see. I own him in a dynasty league, so here's hoping it's not all over. <laughs> oh, boy. That'd be terrible. It would be. Thank you. <laughs> the last team in this division, the Falcons, were also 7-10. and 10. They started the year with Marcus Mariota at quarterback, and they actually had a couple impressive wins going back over it. They beat the Seahawks and the 49ers in the first half of the season. Uh, things went off the rails, though, after that, and between weeks 9 and 13, they lost four out of those five games. The offense was really struggling at this point to do anything. And then after their work, week 13 by, the team made the decision to switch over to the rookie, Desmond Ritter, who they took in the third round of the draft last year. I don't know if you can say things got better, but the team did win their final two games of the season to at least kind of end on a high note. Well, I mean, when you make that switch at that point of the year to the rookie, you're kind of just giving them experience. You've right. almost written off the season. Not that you're tanking. Because it's not intentional, but you're going to kind of take what you can get. Mm-hmm. And even if you're losing games, it's still productive to get this guy experience and get some tape on him so that they can try to evaluate that going forward. And I guess they saw something they liked because Ritter is the starter going into 2023. Uh, and yeah, so this offseason, they let Marcus Mariota go, brought in a slew of players. Jesse Bates at safety, Taylor Henneke, the new backup quarterback, who I think would be a better starter than Mariota at this point. So they've got a good good backup, at least, if if Ritter gets hurt or fails. Um, Calais Campbell, defensive end, Mike Hughes, the cornerback, Bud Dupree, outside linebacker, and honestly, like 12 more guys that were lower profile, but I didn't want to list them all and hadn't heard of all of them, so... They did a lot, though, this offseason. And then in the draft, <clears throat> with the eighth pick, took Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas, and then came back around in the, early in the second round and took offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. So, yeah, Bijan Robinson is the guy everyone's most excited about on this team. He's an absolute monster in college. Um, but then alongside him, there are some other good players on this offense, like Drake London looks like a legitimate starting wide receiver uh, just coming into year two and then Kyle Pitts we know has the physical ability to be a top tier tight end he hasn't always been utilized that way necessarily to take full advantage of his receiving skills but he he can be a huge weapon for Ritter 
and that's where I think a lot of the responsibility ultimately comes down on is, is uh, Desmond Ritter and what, what he can do. It'll be a run-heavy offense, uh, and that helps, I think. They're going to feature, you know, obviously Bijan Robinson, but also the other guys at running back, too, and, and that should be a benefit to him. On the other side of the ball, it was one of the worst defenses out there last season. But uh, like I mentioned, they brought in about 20 new free agents to <laughs> compete for spots. And uh, oh, and they have a new defensive coordinator as well, uh, Ryan Nielsen. What do you think about the Falcons? They they have pieces. <laughs> I I don't expect them to be overly dynamic, even if Bijan Robinson is like incredible, because it's it's the first real start in year that they've had together as a team. And again, my biggest problem with the line has always been the defense. It's always sucked. <laughs> so yeah. I'm hoping they get it together because they, they need to, but I think I don't see why they couldn't go eight, nine, you know, a little bit better than last year. But I don't see them near the top of the division. But I should expect them to be middle of the pack. Maybe like maybe seven and ten again, but it feels much better. <laughs> yeah, one of those weird, weird instances where the record doesn't always match what the team's performance was. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right, let's take one more quick break. Be back with our final division of the day. NFC East. And we're back with our last division of the day, the NFC East. Put 16 minutes on the clock, please. And let's jump into it. The Eagles won the division 14 and 3. Just incredible year for them as Jalen Hurts really took the leap or made the leap into superstardom. AJ Brown right off the cliff. No. <laughs> AJ Brown ended up being a perfect fit uh, for this offense at wide receiver. And uh, combined with Devontae Smith and also Dallas Goddard at tight end, just made this an unstoppable group of pass catchers. And uh, that's not to mention even what, what Hurts can and very much did <laughs> do with his uh, his legs running the ball. But you can't forget about the defensive side, like they were monsters. Mm-hmm. Like the Eagles were just uh, the Eagles were a perfect example of a very well-rounded team. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they they dominated the trenches on both sides of the ball and the offensive line, defensive line. They had four different players on that defensive line with ten or more sacks. Uh, obviously, won the division, dominated the Giants in the playoffs, and then. Did the same to the 49ers, who admittedly didn't have a quarterback by about halfway through that game. Uh, on the way to their Super Bowl showdown that we just talked about from the other side with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, they did come up just short in that amazing game, uh, but they'll be very hungry to get back into it again this season. This is a team that underwent a lot of change this offseason. Uh, players that departed in free agency include Javon Hargrave starting defensive tackle, Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, Miles Sanders at running back we just mentioned, uh, Isaac Sayumalo at guard, TJ Edwards, linebacker, Marcus Epps at safety. All those guys are, you know, starters. And then I'm always going to mention his name when I can, Gardner Minshew, the backup quarterback. That might also. be your second most, like, favorite player. 
<laughs> At least that one makes more sense. I don't know. The Jameis one is weird. <laughs> but not even just the offense. They lost both of their coordinators. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this team not only has new player identity, they're going to have a new coaching identity. Yep. And then the new players, like you just mentioned, new faces in town, Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift will be the new starting running back tandem. Uh, Swift they actually traded for to get from Detroit. Zach Cunningham, linebacker, Greedy Williams at corner. Then in the draft, uh, they had the ninth overall pick, which they used on Jalen Carter, defensive tackle from Georgia. And then they picked again in the first round, 30th overall, and grabbed Nolan Smith, edge, also out of Georgia. We'll see how it goes for them, uh, because I know of a different team that took two Georgia defenders early in the first or in the first round last year, and one of them got ejected for assaulting a member of the opposing team's medical staff. Yeah, you know, we that's, you know, tomato, tomato, it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of turnover on defense. Uh, hopefully they'll still get a lot of turnovers. <laughs> and like you just really? said, lost both their coordinators. You such left. a killer one earlier. You can't. <laughs> well, I mean, this is who I really am. The other one was me, like, trying to actually be funny. But, no, this is the real, <laughs> the real humor. <laughs> um, yeah, you could try to take my job, but I, I'm not <laughs> There's only one of us. Uh, yeah. Like you said, they, both their coordinators left for head coaching gigs elsewhere. So a lot of change. But I, I think at the end of the day, if Jalen Hurts keeps, you know, continues his development this offseason, or this offense can overcome uh, probably any early struggles they have on this, this kind of new look defense. And they'll be shooting for another deep playoff run, I've got to think. I don't see why not. This is going to be as long as the coaching keeps the same sort of rhythm and mentality and culture that they had this past year, they're going to be a, a perennial contender. There's no doubt about it. You, can you hear me? Sorry. A team that wants to be, I had muted myself and then I tried to unmute, but it still said I was muted. Okay. Team that wants to be a perennial contender, the second place team in this division, the Dallas Cowboys, who are 12 and five. They had kind of a weird kickoff to the season as they lost Dak Prescott in week one to an injury. But then Cooper Rush came in and went four and one in his five starts, creating a little bit of a controversy. Not really, yeah, though. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. It, it was interesting. Nobody had any. They're like, oh, this is going to be, you know, an own four start, an own right. five start. Yeah. And they just kept winning. Yeah. Uh, but the Dak did return in week seven, and the team continued to fly high, also helped by a great defense led by the cornerback Trevon Diggs. And also the emergence or annoyance, depending on your point of view, of Tony Pollard at running back. And I say that as a bitter, bitter Ezekiel Elliott fantasy owner. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good season for Dallas, and they they easily made the playoffs, trounced the Buccaneers in the wild card uh, before they came up against the buzzsaw that is the 49ers defense in the divisional round, held them to just 12 points, and they're... they're um, Play out. Their season ended there on kind of a whimper. This offseason, Ezekiel Elliott is gone. He's a Patriot now. Uh, Connor McGovern, offensive guard, also leaves town, as well as Dalton Schultz, the tight end. They brought in Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, traded for him from the Texans. 
And with the 26th overall pick in the draft, they took Maisie Smith defensive tackle. Another change here after years of Kellen Moore, who we just mentioned, is with the Chargers now. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator now. And this is another uh, coach that I wonder if is on the hot seat, Mike McCarthy. Is another team that I kind of feel like has has underperformed for the talent of the guys on the roster. What do you think I about that? I feel like that's been like the stain for the Cowboys for years almost, is they've had quality players most of the time, mm-hmm. but they can never seem to like get the full potential out of them ever. Right. Yeah. Like I understand why Cowboy fans are frustrated all the time because it's there on paper. But they just can't ever seem to get it going. Like, they do great during the regular season, but when it counts, which is the postseason, one and done, they just mm-hmm. they can't get over that hump. It's like the Chargers and all these other teams that are just stricken with some type of curse. Yeah, that's why I wonder if uh, McCarthy could be on the hot seat if they don't at least make a deeper playoff run. Because uh, they have, you know, Dak Prescott, we think, is – among the top QBs uh, they've got, especially now that they bring in um, Brandon Cooks to add even more depth to this receiving core that already has CD Lamb, who's really, he's great. Michael Gallup uh, was really good before uh, he had, I forget if it was an ACL or something else, but he's coming, he's in year two now coming back from that. He was really good before the injury. So um, and then Tony Pollard will be the starting running back. There's really no one else notable even on the roster at this point. Uh, a lot of times, if I could put my bias aside, <laughs> which is very difficult, it felt like uh, putting Zeke, giving Zeke the ball was a waste of time because he just, you know, pounded up the middle for a yard or two, which is, I guess, great if you're on the goal line. But then you got Tony Pollard ripping off 60-yard runs, 70-yard catch on a screen pass, you know. <laughs> So I think that adds another dimension, having him playing more snaps. Well, it's also a bit the pressure because it seemed like he was doing well behind Zeke, but now the spotlight's on him. Everyone assumed he'd be the RB1, but now it's like it's here. It's like when you take a, a good WR2 like Juju in Pittsburgh and you made him the wide receiver. The one, yeah. He didn't. Mm-hmm really do the same job because now the defense knows you're the, you're the number one. That's true. That's true. And it's an issue of uh, can like physically, can the body hold up from getting a much bigger workload? Mine can't. But <laughs> Me either. That's why I just sit in a chair all day. No, no, no workload at all happening over here. Um, and then on this defense is really is full of talent too. It's a big play defense. So uh, I think it's I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think second place behind the Eagles is is where they belong. It's where I think that's where they'll be at the end of the season again. I agree. Not not to spoil our division predictions coming up in a couple of weeks. All right, next up are the Giants, who are nine and seven and one. Brian Dable, head coach, uh, for the first time. And I think you have to call the season a success. Daniel Jones, the quarterback, showed huge improvement uh, taking care of the football. And the rest of the team, or the rest of the offense clicked as well. The team actually got out to a 6-1 and one start, uh, which I, I think we all felt was a little bit fraudulent. And they did struggle a lot more in the second half of the season, losing to the Lions, Cowboys, Eagles twice, the Vikings as well. 
They did still make the playoffs, though, with that 9-7-1 and record. And they beat the also-fraudulent Vikings. But oh, then... don't start. <laughs> but then they got absolutely hammered by Philadelphia for the third time last season. <laughs> this time 38-7 to in that divisional round of the playoffs. But I think despite the way it ended, still a very successful Still a very successful debut season for Dable. And Daniel Jones earned himself a big new contract with that performance. In terms of this offseason, probably the most important thing that happened is they've reached an agreement with Saquon Barkley, their stud running back. Um, So he'll be there, no holdout here. They didn't really have any notable losses, but they brought in Darren Waller, the tight end, via trade with the Raiders. Uh, Bobby Okereke, linebacker, Jamison Crowder, another uh, slot receiver. And then in the draft with the 24th overall pick, they took Deontay Banks, cornerback. Uh, And then later in the third round, they took Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver. It's kind of an interesting team. I don't quite know how I feel about them. (laughs) They should be okay on offense. Uh, Saquon's back. I think Darren Waller, assuming health, will be a huge help uh, for for Daniel Jones. And their army of slot receivers as well. (laughs) The defense did take a big step back after kind of years of being solid, so that could be a concern. And they they did bring in that starting linebacker Okereke and draft a corner with their first round pick. So so they're looking to address it, which is always a good sign, right? You like it means everyone's kind of on the same page. It's like we see, oh, the defense is terrible, and they're like, well, we're going to shore up our offensive side. And it's like, well, sure. <laughs> But they want to fix some other problems there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It, to me, it's going to come down. Can Daniel Jones repeat it? And right. I feel like with Dable as head coach, it's very possible because he clearly made a massive step forward. Yeah. But it was also do or die. Right. He was in this. He was in a contract year, essentially, because the team declined the fifth year option uh, last summer. So. Yeah, we'll see. Will he become complacent now that he got all that guaranteed money or keep going on that trajectory and uh, build on what was a pretty successful year last year? But but they want more than that. So we'll need to take the next step. And then our final team of this division, the Washington Commanders were eight and eight and one. Last year, they were the latest team to fall for the Carson Wentz is a viable starting quarterback scam. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see if that's over. It must be, because remember those reports he was working out in Tampa Bay. I guess he didn't catch the eye of uh, of uh, Bruce Arians or anyone else in that organization. <laughs> Baker is safe for now. <laughs> but uh, they got off to a 2-4 and four start under Wentz before he got hurt and then benched. They rode it out with Taylor Henneke, uh, who's always just solid. He's good. Like You know what you're going to get from him. Perfect backup quarterback. But eventually they did... Uh, you know, once the playoffs are out of reach, they turn the keys over to their rookie fifth-round pick, Sam Howell, and he is their week one starter for Only 2023. because he snapped the Ravens' winning streak. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much solidified it, yeah. <laughs> you know, this offseason, they lost uh, starting linebacker Cole Holcomb to free agency and then also Henneke over to uh, the Falcons, as we discussed. They are the... The benefactors of Eric Bieniemy or beneficiaries benefit. I don't know. They get they have the benefit of Eric Bieniemy leaving Kansas City. Stop, being, stop trying to sound smart. 
<laughs> That's what I get. Uh, yeah, so Eric Bieniemy is their new offensive coordinator. That's got to be pretty exciting. They also bring in Andrew Wiley, the offensive tackle. Nick Gates, a guard. Jacoby Brissett uh, to back up Howell. And then with the 16th pick overall, they took Emmanuel Forbes, corner out of Mississippi State. And uh, to me, there's there's some excitement around this offense for the first time in I, maybe since Cousins. <laughs> um, they've, they've got a strong receiver core with uh, Terry McLaurin, assuming his toe is fine. He got he paid the price for that <laughs> that ball victory over Baltimore uh, the other day. Uh, they think it's just turf toe or something like that. So hopefully he's fine. But they've also got second year wide out Jahan Dotson, who I believe was a first round pick for them last year and, and looked really good as a rookie. Uh, then also Curtis Samuel in the slot makes a good group of pass catchers. And then they've got good running backs too. Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson makes a nice kind of one-two combination out of the backfield. And this was the third best defense last year in terms of uh, yards allowed per game. It's always a good defensive line. If we were doing prove it players again, uh, I think to, I think Chase Young would be a good pick uh, because you know he was a first rounder a couple of years ago, had a brilliant rookie season, then got hurt and hasn't quite made it back to the way he was playing uh, early in his career. But overall, a lot of high draft picks invested in the de- the defensive line, and they for the most part live up for it, and of course live up to it. And they've got Ron Rivera, who's the head coach, but he's a defensive yeah. guy as well. Yeah. Um, you can probably tell by the way I'm talking. I, I'm more excited about this team than the Giants. I think it's Could because be. there's more pieces and more potential here. I think we saw the Giants do what they need to do to take the next step, but the Commanders are just kind of lagging behind. Yeah, they have been. Mm-hmm. And so with the debacle with Wentz and then Henneke and then turning it over, so going through three quarterbacks in a year, it's like, those types of changes are there, but now the offense will find its identity under Eric Bieniemy. The, they have a veteran backup that's going to help Powell. I mean, yeah. the team's primed. I think so. I, I like that analysis. Okay, I think that's it. That was exhausting. My eyes are bleeding. <laughs> Dude, cramming. I feel like I was studying for a test or something, writing down all these notes frantically 20 minutes before we hit record. <laughs> On a little, like, three-by-five note card that you're allowed to take in. Yeah, I was doing it on my phone, so pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, thank you for bearing with us on this. I'm glad the timer, the timer worked out, and hopefully you're going to hear some sweet sound. Well, I guess if you're at this point, hopefully you already did hear some sweet sound effects <laughs> throughout. <laughs> Uh, Matt, thank you for your time and quips, as always. That's right. I'm here to provide. <laughs> and we'll be, back, we'll be back with you soon. We finish up our division previews at long last and get back on schedule. Slowly but surely. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram, Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.